You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. SheFit, we're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs. Fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Today on the ZabeCast, what does a comprehensive scouting report on a quarterback prospect in next week's draft look and sound like? I've got one of Lamar Jackson. We'll dive deep. Bob and Brian join me for a definitive examination of cussing, and even Charles Barkley knows basic, proper public manners. If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Wednesday, April 18, 2018. Thank you for joining me. My knucklehead older brothers, as I call them, Bob and Brian from 102.9 The Hog in Milwaukee. Join me for a rollicking visit and a warning that there will be adult content ahead, to be sure. The NFL draft does fascinate me. It fascinates me because it remains an eternal mystery. Not just a mystery as to what players will be any good and which ones will be bums and washouts. But also, it's a mystery in that every team in the NFL looks at the draft a little bit differently. They all give lip service to the draft. Oh, you build your team through the draft. Got to have a good draft. Late round picks, very important in the NFL draft. But every team kind of plays the draft game differently. How many picks they acquire. How many picks they'd be willing to give up to move up to get a certain guy. And we as fans, as radio hosts, have our own gut instincts on who will be good or not good at the next level. And we're wrong a lot. I'm not sure we're any more wrong than the experts. I do know that our data, our analysis, is nowhere near what the pros put in. But I'm not sure all that data, all that analysis, really is that helpful. We don't know what we're looking at sitting on the couch. We just get a feeling for that guy's going to be great, or that guy's no good. What do the experts look at? Well, here. Here's what the Lamar Jackson scouting report looks like from a guy who's really good, Greg Cosell, who works for NFL Films, breaks down lots and lots of game tape uh, and knows what he's looking at. Here's what he wrote about Lamar Jackson. Strengths. A compact, tight delivery with very little arm extension, which at times leads to Jackson pushing the ball rather than driving it. Comfortable with his lower body mechanics, even though they need work. An easy thrower. Showed the ability to throw with pace and touch. Showed a sense of timing and anticipation, making spot throws and throwing to air. Flashed pocket movement ability, avoiding and resetting with his eyes, staying focused downfield. Showed a good feel for the game, for the pass game and pass game concepts and the progression reads in Louisville's offense. 
at this point, throws the ball better inside the numbers than outside the numbers, whereas ball placement tends to show uh, issues tend to show up. Very good at making between-the-hash tight window throws versus zone coverage, throwing into voids and leading his receivers. Let me pause right there. We are like one-tenth of the way through this scouting report. And I'm not going to read every word of it, but just you get a, you know, a feeling for all these little things that they look at. You know, how is his lower body work? How does he throw inside the numbers, out the, outside the numbers? Can he reset in the pocket? Uh, what is his first instinct, second instinct, etc.? cetera? Uh, he's, they, they do mention that uh, very good making between the hash tight throws versus zone and throwing into voids and leading his receivers. Weaknesses include the following. Jackson is a short-arm thrower who tends to flick the ball rather than drive it and who often lacks a firm base that limits what, at times, is a lively arm. Definite concerns about accuracy or lack of consistent ball placement, especially outside the numbers, but it showed up throughout his tape. Now, I want to know what's the difference between accuracy and ball placement. Isn't that the same thing? Maybe ball placement is a more specific kind of accuracy where they, you know, certain routes demand as a quarterback, you put it on the back shoulder, front shoulder, high, low. You name it. General accuracy might just be a, uh, can you throw it to where the receiver is or where he's going to be? Another weakness of Jackson, according to Greg Cassell in the scouting report, too many snaps in which Jackson perceived pressure and moved when he did not need to, breaking down the timing of the passing game. Very crucial. So you're in the pocket and you feel like, oh shit, I'm about to get sacked. You move in the pocket to reset. Well, that takes a second or two. Now, all of a sudden, that route, which was designed to break open exactly at a certain time in the, the play's internal clock, is no longer open because receiver who was open by three steps is suddenly now covered up by a safety who has drifted into the zone. All because the quarterback thought I was about to get sacked and didn't need to move. Too many snaps in which Jackson perceived pressure. Okay, there's that. Uh, There will be questions about Jackson's overall field vision, especially backside underneath defenders, tendency at times to break down in the pocket and play play to his legs and movement when he sensed pressure. So there you go. There's four big parts. Strengths, weakness, transition. Now transition, this section in the scouting report, I believe, is talking about how is he going to transition from the college game to the pros. Writes Greg Cosell, Jackson is another example of a QB prospect who will be polarizing in draft rooms because of the balance between second reaction playmaking, which is outstanding, and pocket efficiency, much work needed, notes Cosell. Second reaction playmaking is, okay, here I'm in the pocket, I'm looking, who am I throwing to? Oh shit, nobody's open. Second reaction is, run! The question will be, what can and can't be coached? And what is in Jackson's DNA regarding pocket stability? Jackson is much stronger than his body type suggests. He is a competitive finisher of runs. 
but will need to channel his athleticism at the NFL level to limit contact and protect himself from too many hits. So that's a case where, hey, this is a good thing we saw on tape. He's a competitive finisher of runs. But at the pro level, you don't even want to show that because you will get killed. The question is, can Jackson play the same way in the NFL as he did in college? You look at what Bill O'Brien did with Deshaun Watson. Can Jackson execute that offensive system effectively? Interesting. And then there's the other section, which is sort of stuff that is, you know, odds and ends, and I guess one last sentence. Here's the last word from Greg Cosell, at least as he sees it, on Lamar Jackson. NFL teams must determine if they, as they evaluate Jackson on the degree of inaccuracy they are willing to accept, unless they believe they can correct that with lower body technique coaching, relative to his high-level explosive play dimension, how important will Jackson's improvisation be on third down? That's a critical question as you evaluate him. Can he limit defensive options and create first downs? Interesting. One scouting report from one guy who's not even a couch, uh, not even a coach or a scout in Greg Cosell, but he's very smart and does a lot of this for NFL films. That's just one opinion. There are, I'm sure, that there's a constellation of opinions like stars in the sky and a constellation of scouting reports. Every team has a scouting report on Lamar Jackson, even those that are not planning to take him. And I believe that there's tons and tons of independent scouting services that have a report and they all may have some similarities but they may be very different in their assessment and then you get to the point of well how will he be once he's a pro how will fame how will money how will family pressures how will any number of things affect him once he becomes a pro football player and the answer is we just don't know bottom line I know this, Bob and Brian from 1029 The Hog. Well, they can kill 30 minutes with me on just about anything. What's up, friend? Yeah, what does that mean? It means I have my headphones on. Is this your first day in radio, you cocksucker? That's why I call them earphones, friend. I, like like I don't know what they are. It's great to be able to call each other cocksuckers on this Zavecast. I know you don't love it, and Brian is already, like, uh, mortified, I can tell. <laughs> Because Brian is the conscience of our little trio here. But, you know, it's no worse than Jive Turkey, I'm a little which uncom- we know from Semi-Pro. I'm a little uncomfortable uh, using... Uttering those words so- into a microphone. Off, muscle on a memory, golf course, right? I, am, I, am, I am all in. I am loaded in because that is just guys and there's no recordings, no nothing. I don't want to be... I don't want to have somebody in court bust out... Uh, a recording someday of going, well, is this you? Well, because they, people me. now, digitally, they can uh, pull that, you know, that cork soaker word, I'm now afraid to say it, and then repurpose it and then use it however they want on the internet. Make remixes, post it, you name it, right? Sure. Yeah, once it's out there, it, it's it's the Wild West, we like to call the internet, Steve. Okay. So, so what's Say our you're policy? Called into a a trial someday, yeah, like Mark Furman, <laughs> and yeah, someone says you want you said. use that term, cack sucker, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I go, Brian, yeah. just, yeah. no, oh no, yeah, oh no, until I, they I, produce the evidence, I'm uh, going. No. And here's a transcript uh, of you. Transcript, nothing. Transcript means nothing. Yeah. I don't. I, and the and the 
cocksuckers of the world will say <laughs> you use it as a as a nickname as a bad thing. I call my friends penis. Scott Lynn and I always say as a as a colloquial <laughs> greeting, "Hey penis." What's up, penis? We have for some time now at this particular broadcast facility in the morning as I'm walking into the studio and I pass by Eric Rock Jensen, our producer studio, who's been with us for 22 years, Steve. That's amazing, by the way. 22 years I, he's been on board with this. I was on what are you going to wise up, Jensen? <laughs> I was on... I was on. 22 on, out of what? 35? Yeah, 31. We're going on 31. Yeah. I was on Facebook the other day, and I had forgotten that a long time ago I had friended one Jeff Miller, a.k.a. Hawk, your former mm-hmm. producer, and I was like, oh, good, he's still alive. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's happy. Yeah. And I thought of Jeff Miller, your former producer. All right, I'm not going to give you two stories today, but there's a story that goes along with that name as well. All right, go ahead. All right, but I'll go with the rock story. For 22 years, I have passed by his studio door on my way to the studio. He has his door open as as I'm getting ready to go into ours. And as I walk by every morning, I yell, hey, fucker. Loud. Just fucker, yeah. Just right. fucker. Right. You know, and as I head into the studio, and he responds with a, fucker. Fucker. Yep. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a greeting. Uh, 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 I think it means something. I think it it's... means friend. Welcome, friend. As we go into battle, fuckers unite. <laughs> you know we're what it... all fuckers. <laughs> Say it a little louder. I don't think they can hear you down in yeah, You are. You are. You are jacking my levels up way into the red with that. By fucking them up? You're fucking them up, all right, that's for sure. Well, I, I'll tell you what it really means, whether you like it or not. It means, I love you. That's how men express love for one another. We're not good at saying, I love you, because we're all hair-trigger homophobic, whether you admit it mm-hmm. or not. Hey, man, what does that mean, man? Hey, don't be looking at me like that. But we want to show our affection for each other. I once read a book that said, "And if you can call someone the worst name there is, yeah, that means you are them being offended. That means you are rock solid you're in your all relationship. In there yeah, exactly. That's yeah. all it's, it uh, is, right there. It it's just in means a term of affection. Okay, it, it means you're in the circle. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know if the uh, one of the closing scenes of Apollo 13 would have been the same if Jim Lovell had said. <laughs> Fuckers, it's been a privilege flying with you. What if, what if in the, what if I just, I just don't like that scene. It does. I don't like it. What, by the way, what, Brian, you're going to have to help me out with all the particulars. You're going to have to help me out with all the particulars, the names in Apollo 13, who was who, Gus Grissom. uh, Gus Grissom. What did I say? Gruss. Gruss. Gruss what yeah. I was Gus Grissom wasn't in Apollo 13. No, you had Jim Lovell, who was played by Tom Hanks. Yeah. You had uh, uh, Jack Swigert, who was played by uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. And uh, thirdly, you who had... Ed uh, Harris play? Fredo. Fred. Ed Harris played Ed Gene, Harris Krantz. Gene Krantz. Gene Krantz back, Krantz at, back at Mission Control, Mission right? Control, Control, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, if, what if Gene uh, Krantz... Um, what if Gene Krantz was the most foul-mouthed motherfucker ever? And so when they said <laughs> it's not looking good to get him back home, what if he went on a tirade yelling up and down the rows of nerds at Houston Command saying, the fuck, they aren't coming back. They'll fucking land on my <laughs> then, back porch, goddammit. You cocksuckers, you like, start adding numbers right now. We're getting these assholes back home. 
Then it would have been like any other Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> no, the if, most the most it, foul-mouthed. You, all he uh, said, uh, all he said was uh, actually the most the most foul-mouthed was Pete Conrad. That guy could not stop himself from swearing. Not, not there was swear. okay. there was an episode of From the Earth to the Moon where school children were uh, coming through on a tour. And he was talking about a piece of equipment that didn't work, and he was using the cocksucker yeah, word. He was okay. using it over this cocksucker doesn't work. They're hustling the kids <laughs> yeah. out of there. Yeah. So, but, but in the moment in which things looked the most dire in Apollo 13, all that Krantz said was, "Gentlemen, I believe this is going to be our finest hour." Yes. Very inspiring. Yeah. Calm, inspiring. And, and he also said, "Failure is not an option." He didn't say. Failure is not a fucking option. He just right. said, that's her book that, you through the, right. to your fucking, to your fucking grave. grave. Which was fantastic. Now, just as good. Right. Now, w- do you think it was because the scientific community, the rocket community, they're smart, they're level-headed, and it wouldn't have done anyone any good to have a flight operations manager cussing up a storm? Like, would that have been counterproductive? He's not... He's not I, think it, I think it looks a little panicky. Yeah. Right. And in the whole world of... Uh, High performance flight and uh, and engineering like that, you work the problem. You just work the problem. And that's right. what he kept saying over and over again: work, work the, the problem. problem. Yeah, right. it, it, do otherwise, your job. Otherwise, Gene Kranz yeah. would have been Lee Elia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't need <laughs> two of those. Come out here and say they're Cubs fans that are supposed to be behind you, ripping every thing you do. I'll tell you My one favorite. thing: I hope we get hotter. <laughs> Just to stuff it up them 3,000 people that show up every day. By the way, imagine if Krantz, Brian, started ripping NASA up one side and down the other. I tell you what, it's fucking agency, man. Cutbacks and budgets. I've been in so many goddamn staff meetings. We got astronauts circling the Earth who are going to die if we don't get them down, these fuckers. Or, or if we're the real Chicago fans, they can kiss my right downtown and print it. <laughs> Imagine if Gene Kranz would have flipped out when he had to get a scrubber from a square peg into a round hole, basically, right. is what they had to do when they had mm-hmm. to redesign that. And he throws his arms and he goes, Motherfucker! <laughs> just would have stood there and swore <laughs> and swear words. What if he started no smashing scene, but his headset and other Tell stuff. me this isn't a government project. Yeah, that's all he said. It's, right. it's awesome when he does that. I, I have to play for you and everyone else the greatest ever scene involving that word cocksucker in the history of <laughs> film or televisions. I got to Well, I Deadwood. Uh, oh, well, he's done a lot. San Francisco cocksucker. I have got to meet him. Swedgen, San Francisco cocksucker, meet. San Francisco cocksucker and Swedgen. Got to meet. I've got to meet. So, hold on. For those well, that Wu don't... just thought that okay. was a name for a person. Yeah. Wu didn't know any different. Yeah. Wu thought that so, meant human so here, being. As a setup for those who have never watched Deadwood, and you really should yell it to yourself, uh, Wu was the Chinaman who ran the Chinese portion of the mining camp in South Dakota. Or is it North Dakota, Deadwood? I don't know. One of the South Dakotas. South Dakota. Uh, ran, the, ran the Chinese section of the mining camp, brutal, hard labor, but they had carved out their own little community. And Al Swearingen, the saloon owner, was the liaison between the whites and the Chinese. And the leader of the Chinese was this guy, Mr. Wu. And apparently two white card dealers stole dope from one of the Chinese couriers and slit his throat. And now Wu is pissed and he wants... Revenge, and so he's trying to explain what happened. Here we go. Him, woo. I got to see how much juice he's got. 
juice? Yeah, I've got to see how much juice San Francisco cocksuckers got. Too quiet. Too quiet. Jew. Jew. No, 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 no juice. Jew. No, juice. Forget juice. Forget juice. No juice. Forget juice. No swidgen. No San Francisco cocksucker. No juice. Swidgen. Woo. Hey, Dave! Oh, For the swear. uninitiated, hey, Swidgen is... Hanged up. Yeah, Swearingen. Yes, yeah, Wu can't say Swearingen, so he... And, and, and that was only a small portion of the exchange. It was... Actually, here's the better part, where he actually admits, no, I, re- the, this, I regret... This is one of you. Huh? Here it is. Oh, Dongyan. Dongyan. He draws a crude picture. This is him dead. And these two. I'm glad I taught you that word. Cocksucker. Glad I taught you that fucking word. These are what? That effing word. Oh, I love language. Language is great, isn't it? Even the bad words. Did you used to watch Deadwood with subtitles on? I know a couple of people who did. I don't know if you were one of them. No, and it was always a hard watch because the language and the dialogue was so artfully constructed. It was so high English, and it went so quick, you had to really concentrate. It's almost like in this maybe a really bad compar- comparison. Almost like watching Shakespeare, you have to go what? Right. Wait, back that up. Well, I got to hear that People again. Talk differently. Yeah, back right. Then. You don't. Your brain's not ready to process it in that order. This might be a far cry from that, but if you ever read the Federalist Papers, it's like reading a foreign language. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Well, David Milch, who created uh, Deadwood, said that he did that on purpose. Uh, I forget the reasoning behind it, but as far as the word. The fact that cocksucker was used so many times that people would keep account of it is because the language of the frontier at the time, like, was varmint and doggone it. But <laughs> I forget. Varmint, doggies. you. Right. That the only way to convey to modern audiences an insult of the highest degree was to change it to cocksucker. That's what, what he used, like. Paltroon and maroon and right. all the words, those Bugs Bunny words. Right, words that are way out of fashion now, but once upon a time were a great insult. Like in uh, True Grit, the, the rooster is a notorious thumper. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> a notorious thumper. Well, uh, he, didn't, he didn't seem to be a term of endearment, I'll say that. On the road by the light of the moon, the <laughs> quantrails ring. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> The man's a notorious thumper. What side was you all? <laughs> According, and now Brian will do a one-man show of True Grit. I love that scene too. They're all great scenes yeah. in True Grit. They're mm-hmm. great. It's a great conversation movie. And that's another one where the the dialogue and the language is, you have to listen is, is cool. Yeah, David Milch, creator of the HBO western Deadwood, is peeved that TV critics keep carping on his potty mouth pioneers. Said Milch, after a while, it gets a little discouraging. According to historians, there were cursing contests when cowboys would get together and <laughs> insult each other. But Who the, had a... but the evidence ahead. that we have today is that they were using more religious blasphemy than the mm. sexual insults which are popular 
today. Okay, who had a more foul mouth in Deadwood, Calamity Jane or Al Swearingen? Oh, uh, it's, it's run for your money. One, yeah, five, five of one, six of the yeah, six okay. of one, half Steve dozen of the other. Have you ever seen the door? You, you get off the fucking ass, you fucking cocksucker. That's a pretty good Calamity Jane. I'm Have working ever... on this fucking impression. You stick your goddamn fucking pleasantries up your ass. That's why you should watch the Doris Day version of that movie. <laughs> I, I, there, oh, really? Calamity, Calamity, Calamity Jane? Jane yeah, yeah, because it's so stupidly She's pretty opposite. and clean. And... There is one right. Ex- she sings about her secret love, and <laughs> she's wearing a white shirt, and she's beautiful and manicured. And I remember there, there was one exchange where I think you know uh, Charlie Utter said to Calamity Jane at Deadwood about like she was required at some meeting at the gem, and she's like, Piss the fucking second, I go take a piss. <laughs> and because and, 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 a lot of times she just did that in her pants anyway. Right. And that and, was, the bathroom thing was a 50 50 thing for her. Right. And so Charlie Utter says, Well, be quick. And she goes, Be fucked. And that was it at the end of it. There is no uh, clock on my business. Right. The yeah. jinx is occupied. Yeah. Motherfucker, as, our, as far as anyone knows, was not in the use at the time, says a historian about. The Deadwood comparisons. There are examples of motherfucking from court cases in the in Texas in the late 1880s, and it was of course used as an insult. However, the word does not show up until the late 19 teens. Hmm. So that's just before the Roaring Twenties we came up with that. Yeah. Huh? In most dictionaries, cocksucker. Well, it really got some traction. She yeah. really caught on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who didn't realize that was a compound word? Who didn't? Yeah, there's a joke. So-and-so said it so often, he didn't realize it was a compound word. It was just motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> in most dictionaries, cocksucker, which is said eight times in the first episode of Deadwood, dates to around 1890. The historians found it in a court-martial testimony from the Civil War too, but says that all evidence indicates it was not as common as it is in the show. Milch counters that... Uh, he did research on the real town of Deadwood, South Dakota, and read letters and diaries, and said that you know he found quite a lot of profanity back then. Great I, show! I uh, remember reading uh, Robinson Crusoe out loud in seventh grade literature. And, and what line stands out in particular? Daniel Defoe used the word "fucker" to uh, uh, mean a male breeding goat. Yeah. So there you go. I think he went out to the boat and he got two fuckers and uh, whatever. <laughs> My I'm favorite. A little uncomfortable reading <laughs> we were, this. We were reading that in class and whoever was doing it just came to a dead stop. <laughs> and Mr. Tyndall, who later on became a deputy sheriff, said, it's just a word. Read it. Read it. Mm-hmm. Read who was, it. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> who was the who was the uh, who was the character in Deadwood when he got a penny farthing bicycle? A penny farthing being a giant wheeled bike that you had to climb up on. Do you know what a penny farthing is? Yeah, it's well, the big, know what big you're wheel, small about. wheel. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Okay, so he gets the bike, and it was a big thing in the camp because nobody had a bicycle. Who was that? And he said, "Watch, watch me navigate the thoroughfare with a plum. Anyone who doubts me." <laughs> Sucks cock by choice. <laughs> that line was used a few times. I don't think so. I think that was oh, the yeah. only and, uh, time. Yeah. It was used another time where he said, any man 
What was that? Al, Al Swearingen said it in the bar when yeah. he was uh, mopping up some blood or yeah. something. Any man who disagrees sucks cock by choice or something like that. Can't remember exactly how right. it was used, but Al For used all the it Deadwood too, fanatics too. out there, tell right. us, tell us on, if you yeah. remember that line used being, being used more than once. It stuck out to me because it was on the on the bicycle challenge, which of course led to the horse getting loose and kicking, uh, you know, what's his name's kid in the head and killing him. Remember yeah, that? the other, there were a couple. Was that the same guy got kicked in the head in that the stall? That was only two seasons. That, that the, whole show. The guy that the oh, guy kicked three. in the head in the stall, and they wheeled him around in a wheelbarrow with a blanket for a while. <laughs> he wasn't quite dead. <laughs> too, too expensive. They dragged him. They dragged him. Yeah, yeah, it was three seasons. Yeah, three, three yeah. seasons. Yeah, and oh, constant rumors that it's coming back. It's going to be a movie. They're mm. going to you know wrap it up. Blah blah blah. Now. They've struck all the sets for it. They've sold off all the costumes. All the actors have gone their separate ways. Yeah, it's been too long. The band is never getting back together. But you know what? You can go back and watch it and watch it and watch it and watch the DVD extras and soak it in. All right. Well, that's a good prelude. (laughs) Are we ready to record now? (laughs) (laughs) What? That wasn't recording? (laughs) What? Uh, I want to ask Brian, who is a man of science and mystery, and enjoys these kind of things. Do you believe in chubacabras? Oh no, you don't. All Have the Bigfoot s- and the chupacabras and the Sasquatches and abominable snowmen and there is a new sighting. Whatever else is out there, there is a new no, sighting really. of a chupacabra. Actually, it was caught on surveillance video. That wouldn't be a new sighting. It would be the first sighting. <laughs> Well, it looks like a freaky-deaky, super long-legged dog. And according (laughs) to the New York Post in South America, this mysterious beast, allegedly half-human, half-animal, has killed two dogs, including a German shepherd and a pit bull, which you know must be a badass creature. It was uploaded to the YouTube channel UFO Mania. It has now been viewed more than 30,000 times, so you know it's got to be real. It's on UFO I've watched uh, Killing Bigfoot, and someone, uh, what is the name of their organization? The Gulf Coast Bigfoot Research Organization, the GCBRO. They called them up. A guy called up the, the Bigfoot hunters and had him come to his home because he was having a Bigfoot, a Bigfoot problem, and uh, he was talking to him, and then he started talking about UFOs. And they withdrew because they don't deal with crazy people in the Bigfoot world. <laughs> oh, you started talking UFOs oh, and we got is, the hell yeah, out. We're not, uh, we're not that kind of, we're not, that's not our, no. We, they're that, not, that is those, funny. Those people are crazy. That is funny that there's different subsets of weirdos. And they often, <laughs> they, they, and they often, often don't, they don't often like don't like to intermingle, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like, like the, the UFO weirdos have no use for Bigfoot weirdos. Who have well, no use for prepping weirdos. Well, who have some no people use are, for rapture are, weirdos. Are all in on all of it, you know. Well, then they would be like, uh, you know, but, Fox Mulder. But, uh, but, I right, want X-Files. to believe. Come on, Scully. You got to believe. But uh, those guys, they, so, they weren't having any part of the UFO biz. Well, anyway, there's a, there's grainy, there's a grainy still photo of this. It's always animal. grainy. Because <laughs> if it's not greeny, we go, well, that's a blank. And, and Bob, what have I said about seeing a, you, uh, uh, a Bigfoot on my property? If one shows up on your property, yes. you're mur- you're going to murder, you're going to shoot it. I call it murder. Shoot it shoot to death. Just, some guy having a go is all it is. Yeah. I'm not going to try to capture it. <laughs> 
I'm not going to try to take a picture of it. I'm going to put it down. Put it I'm down. Put it down. <laughs> yeah, but then I'll throw it in and the back of my said, truck. I've even said, what if the drive what it if, right here? What if the Bigfoot is going? No, 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 don't! It's me. I can yeah, right, 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 right. What if the Bigfoot could talk? And he had an English accent. <laughs> oh no, yeah. no, uh, easy chap, easy chap. Yeah, I'm he... just, I'm looking for some fruits and berries. Yeah, well then, get down on your knees, <laughs> hands behind your head. If you saw a real Bigfoot, you would shit your pants. Don't lie. Don't act like you'd be all tough guy. Like, let me go get my gun and let me go shoot him. You would. Well, shit. we're assuming I, that you're armed. Am I in my yard mowing the lawn when he walks like? From between the houses? Sure. Is that yeah. Okay, then I would shit my pants. <laughs> and then you'd go get your gun. Right? But I would go get my gun with pants full of How quickly shit. can you get your shit. gun? It's huh? not going to be in your yard when you come back. Don't I will question. try to put it in a more uh, accessible place then. Do you have a karate chop you can give him? Maybe you just knock just, him out for a minute? Maybe I'll then... just strap it to the back of the lawnmower this summer. <laughs> you know what I love? I love, I love, the, I love the Jack Link's beef jerky where they're messing with Sasquatch. Those are always funny. Because the notion that you could prank a Sasquatch or Bigfoot and make him look stupid is very funny to me. It's but he always retaliates concept. at the end of the commercial, oh, like flipping oh, over the golf cart or something like does, that. Of course he does. But like you, you always want to make these mythical creatures look stupid if you could. Like, fuck with them. Like, ah! Just <laughs> and the uh, the real Bigfoot people don't even... It's too much work to say Sasquatch, so they just they've Squatch. slanged it to Squatch. Right, Squatch. I, we gotta, they're on the radio. Oh, we got a possible Squatch here over on the east <laughs> yeah. side of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, Squatch watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, this article on this chupacabra is clickbaity because it is a still photo grainy of a weird-looking, super long-legged dog with weird ears and very little fur, and it's got a play video button. It's a minute and 11 seconds long. So Once you take the fur off a dog, it's going to look weird. True. They and all so, look weird. They all look like not themselves. So when you kick, click play on this, because I assumed it was from a motion-activated camera, and you think you're going to see this chupacabra in motion, guess what? You don't. It is a one-minute and ten-second video report of the one still photo of this alleged chupacabra. (laughs) So it's a dead dog. It's not dead yet. They haven't found it. Like, if there was a... a, Okay, it says that... Uh, the the, uh, the beast is reported to have been spotted prowling the streets of Santa Fe, Argentina. One okay. person said they saw it. It blew my mind because it looked at us and turned and began moving just like a kangaroo would, then cleared the concrete bridge wall easily and dropped at least 15 to 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Another one added, here in the Philippines it's called Aswang. A man transforms <laughs> into a monster dog. It's a demon. It can even shift into a cat or a big bird. It's a shapeshifter, then. Another one. This in, is right out of True Blood. Another one insists it's a chupacabra, a vampire-like creature with strong roots in Latin folklore. So, for yeah. the record, Brian, you, a man of science and mysteries, do not believe in chupacabra. <laughs> the, the picture is just coming in now. You're just now that getting is, that. I that is that. Some sort of manged animal is have all you it heard, is. Uh, uh, you, have you heard of uh, the term globster? No. What's a globster? It's basically what washes up on some beach that's been eaten up by whatever eats things in the ocean. And it can't, you can't identify it, or you or and I can. And you look at it and you go, wow, what kind of monster is this? I've never seen anything like it. But it's so picked apart, and it's missing its skin and its shape, and oh, all you see is teeth and yeah, a big, that, long, yeah. snaky 
serpent-like uh, spine is left. Bunch and, of entrails. Yeah. People think they're sea monsters, but they're just. It's just a just fish that's orca been, that's or been a, rolling or around a, on the ocean floor, which is coarse and will rub away flesh eventually. Yeah, but it looks weird, and so people are like, wow. Yeah. yeah, and so people wonder what it is, and some marine biologist comes out and goes, yeah, it's a sea lion. <laughs> right. It just, or it was. It's, it's just been out in the sun a long time. That's why it looks. <laughs> yeah. A lot of seagulls have been picking it's at it. It's rotted and bloated and half-eaten away. Sure. Yeah. You would think if there are such things as chupacabras or shapeshifters or beasts, eventually they would die. They would get hit by a car, like we've always talked about with Sasquatch, and then there'd be a dead one lying around that we would easily be able to find and look over its carcass and go, wow, we actually found one. I would think they would run out of forest fires at right. some point. On fire. Screaming. Well, maybe. <laughs> because even if they can shape <laughs> Even if they can shapeshift, guess what? They can't. They can't defy fire. If they live, they must die. Everything that lives must die eventually. Yeah, we've never come across a skeleton, a, uh, their pelt, some right. scat, mm-hmm. a but, nest. But the but the Bigfoot hunters say they have nests oh, really? and scat. Sure. <laughs> oh, <it's> Bigfoot <laughs> scat. Sure it is. Do, do they pick How it do up and know? smell it? I you... haven't seen them do that, but I've seen them look at stuff on the ground and look at nests and... Yeah. Boy, have you ever cataloged how many reality shows you've watched over the years? Me, no. No? no. Too you don't late. want to? Impossible. You don't yeah. want to because it's too many and you'd be ashamed at how you've thrown away those many hours. I, I'm certain I've forgotten 90% of them. Yeah. Pretty sure I wouldn't be ashamed either because I can put it, I can log it in my head as research. Hey, speaking of reality shows, the one reality show that we still love and swear by starts this week. Deadliest Catch, new season. Do you know where uh, we, we start, stand on this? Didn't start last, didn't start last week. Oh, fuck. I'd already missed it. Okay, yeah. well, what's the latest? What I, I missed it. I, I'm, I'm going to watch that. Uh, I'll have to, I'm recording that one and the new one uh, t- tonight. Yeah. Are you still into it? Yeah, I'm into it enough. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know how much more. Uh, I don't keep up to date with it. I watched when they're on in six or seven episode chunks at a time, and I don't know what year I'm watching ever. I mean, ever. you've got, uh, uh, um, who died? I can never remember his name. And Phil Harris? Phil Harris, dead. The Cornelia you got, Maria's coming back this you year. you got Sig in failing health. He's had a couple of heart attacks. you got Jonathan Hillstrand, who's retired. I heard so, Sig talk about how he thinks about death more now. Well, yeah, once you have a heart attack, I bet it's sure. on your mind a lot. Although, but, you know, when you yeah. get flown but out. For years, Sig was, you know, he didn't fucking think about anything. Yeah. Right, but oh, they, they were doing gotta that. Got to get the crab. Got to get the crab. Got to get the crab. Uh, they were doing that episode where everybody talks to each other. They interview each other in yeah. some warehouse or something. Sure. And uh, Sig was talking about that. He was talking about being more. I'm going to rededicate more afraid myself. of going out. You know, yeah. on the sea. I'm going to rededicate myself to the show because I still do love it. I love couch crabbing as much as anybody <laughs> sitting on the couch, warm and toasty, not doing any physical exertion whatsoever taking a nap if i want to which those poor bastards can't on the decks of those well, it's hard boats. enough to it's hard enough to crab when everything is working perfectly on the ship and we've had these guys in the studio we've had i know them here I, with us i'm that's one of the great bits of jealousy that i have in our industry i've gotten an interview with any number of great athletes the fact that I didn't get to talk to the to the, to the crab captains on deadliest catch with you guys still rankles me are you going to ever have them back if they ever come back to town, they we'd be happy to Came to town to, to do a show. Yeah. Because okay. it was the, it yeah. was the Hillstrands and, and Sager. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they hired Rock on the spot to MC it. They didn't have an MC yeah. for that show, so Rock MC'd it that night. Yeah, I'll do it. 
So he said the the pre-show was I'm sitting around drinking vodka in the oh back in the green room. But God. he said it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. But uh, think about this. The, you watch the show and it looks, and if you think you can do that, forget it. You can't. Anybody who watches that show and go, I can give you 28 straight hours of that. No, you can't. You cannot. On a boat that's rolling and when it's was freezing the last cold, time you're you soaking were, wet. When was the last time you were up 28 hours in a row? You guys don't even stay up for the 15. Radiothon anymore. That was 15. Didn't you? You guys no. used to do, actually used to stay up the yes. whole time yeah. for yeah. 24 hours? Yeah, that was. Well, the Radiothon was going, but at some point you just tried to take a nap out in the lobby. In a, a chair for chair 10 minutes, or something. something like that. But now. You're out there crabbing. You're in 30-foot rollers. Uh, you got spray coming over the side of the boat. You got to knock ice off of the thing. And now uh, throw a mechanical problem in there. You can't steer, or an engine's gone out, oh, or yeah. a generator died, oh, yeah. or something like that. You got to fix it. In 30-foot seas. Yeah, because nobody's coming to fix it for you. Right, mommy this, ain't there to make it right. Yeah. If you think you can do that, you think again. Yeah. You can't. I don't. I don't know where they find these guys who do it. Remember the guy that got on a boat once that was in a, he used to be a rodeo cowboy. He thought he was all badass. <laughs> and he quickly found out. About an hour in, he was like, yeah, I'm He's not. He's like, oh, I can't take yeah. this. <laughs> and it's not like they drive you back to shore and go, hey, you know what? Good try. You know, uh, thanks for coming out. Sorry it didn't work out. No, they scorn you. They're like, you fucking loser. Just stay down in your bunk. And Don't nothing. come out. We will drop you off at the cannery. As soon as we can, which might be in two fucking weeks. And you got to think about this, too. You have to smoke while you're doing this. Have a cigarette going. Yeah, you know, they're well, all smoking. You don't have to, but they, well, like but they to. do. It's yeah. the one good thing they can do on deck. <laughs> you know, while they're sitting there hauling up pots, might as well it, burn a grit, right? I, I'll say this. I'm no less amazed by their, by their stamina and durability today than I was the first time I watched it. I'm probably more impressed, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All for delicious crab. <laughs> for a restaurant. I know. Do you, do you actually feel a little guilty next time you have crab legs? I haven't. No. no. I should. I don't have, I should. Yeah. Yeah. have but, crab yeah. that much. Yeah. I should, but so, I don't. Not, so, hmm, there you go. But it's uh, it's impressive. I'll say that. They are, they are men's men. They really are. I mean, really? and uh, even if, if you can go into that toilet and crap on the boat they're on, I can't imagine what that smells like. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, I, I would probably vomit just walking into a, a boat like that, smelling all the smells, <laughs> the medley of B.O., piss, <laughs> shit, fish, crab, and the boat's diesel, rolling. diesel oh, fuel, yeah. like you name it, it would just be enough to overwhelm me. <laughs> All right, when your guys' radio career finally winds down, which won't be for another 10 years minimum, would you sign a one-day contract with your first-ever radio station to finally call it quits? Because that's now a thing in the NFL where players want ceremonial one-day contracts to retire as their original team. <sighs> no, nah, I wouldn't want to do that. And what station would that be? WMMB in Melbourne, Florida. And have you checked on that station lately? Uh, we've checked on it over the years from time to time. We've, it's an iHeart station. Uh, I believe it's won awards. It's a talk radio station okay. now. It's not rock. They used, we used to rock the Space Coast is what we used to do. We were the rock of Brevard. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> many, many years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. 38 years ago? 37 right. years ago? Yeah. All right. No, well, I'm, I'm going to sign off today with what the great Dan Rather once signed off with. Courage. 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 <laughs> Karahe, courage, courage. <laughs> he actually said karahe, which courage. maybe yeah. would have been... Courage, karahe. Is that like Japanese for courage? 
I don't know. I I would just assume it is because of the way he's. Do you remember when he did this? Courage when he uh, signed off with courage. He did it for a week in September of 1986 and was he? widely mocked by other anchors. He said he As thought it was he just a, have been. He thought it was just a catchy little sign-off phrase. Courage. Courage. <laughs> Courage. Well, he, he was, Dan was a lunatic. He was a fruitcake. He was a nut. Still is. He got a He still has some shows somewhere where he's doing this stuff. He's, you know, He's interviewing bands, right? Yes, exactly. He's doing band interviews now. He got a pass because uh, Nixon was was his bitch, really. Uh, He was the White House correspondent during the Watergate years, so everyone thought Dan Rather was some big hero. He just, he was, he's nuts. He's a lunatic. Didn't Katie? He, He made up news. He literally made up news about George W. Bush. Didn't, uh. Didn't Katie Couric say she wanted suggestions as to how to sign off when she was given that nightly news job for like an insane $12 million a year? Oh, when Snoop Dogg was beating her with uh, his show? No. Instead Who was of beating Katie, her? Katie Couric was... Toilet uh, TV was beating her. Was that Temptation no, Island? No, it, was, uh, it wasn't Snoop Dogg. It oh, was, it was... Uh, uh, Bob, who's the guy with the big clock? Uh, right. The big... Uh, Come on. Come on. Where's the big clock around oh, his neck yeah. all the time? Flav. 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 Yeah, Flav. Flav was beating her. Yeah. Yeah, She on, on her first broadcast, she asked viewers to submit ideas for a sign-off. Give me a cool sign-off, everybody. Yeah, I'm I'll give you a wink yeah, and credit. Something catchy, you know, to say goodbye. Stay classy, on. San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> then you could be the Paul Anka of the, of the NBC News, you know, with the Tonight Show, because everybody knows he wrote that. <laughs> what if she'd have got up and done Carson's bit and just swung a fake golf club? Boom! And that's Ta-da! Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Never ask for suggestions for sign-offs or band names. And we'll leave it at that. All right, you fuckers, thanks for your extra time this week. Always a pleasure. We'll see you on the radio in the morning. Thank you. We'll end with this. Me and Charles Barkley are brothers in arms, at least in one regard. One of the rudest things I sometimes have to deal with doing radio is to have people talking in the background when I'm on the air. Now, I'll admit, I've got rabbit ears when it comes to broadcasting. If I hear anyone talking, it just it, it sets me off just a little bit. Other people, they can deal with it just fine. And a lot of TV news anchors are really adept at both talking and getting instruction in their ear at the same time, which blows my mind because as soon as uh, somebody talks in my ear, I, I pretty much stop talking. I'm like, what? I'm squirrel. <laughs> Anyway, Barkley was uh, on the set the other night on Inside the NBA on TNT, and he had to stop because some idiot was blah, blah, blahing off camera, and Barkley was able to hear it. And you could actually hear it on the air. Here, see if you can hear it in the background. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, you got a point? Oh, always. Okay. But Wait, you can go first. Two things about this. I wanted to see how New Orleans was, Orleans was going. Hey! Oh, we're, we're, we're doing Charles a show down here. TV Charles show is, down here. Charles is yelling at uh, Hal Galima, Batman, who's in a conversation <laughs> with someone. He's in a conversation with the volume box, Hal. He got voices in head. Talk to him on your own time, Hal. <laughs> well, two things about this game that really impressed me. Good for Charles Barkley. That is so rude. 
I mean, you're sitting there and you're thinking, blah, blah, oh, yeah, they're doing a show. I don't care. I'm going to talk about this. A little bit of sense of, hey, let's just bring our voice down here. And this, by the way, applies to anybody doing anything in professional life, even if it's not broadcasting. If you're at a doctor's office and a doctor is consulting with a patient, you don't want to be sitting there in the waiting room, blah, 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 on your phone. Everyone knows the blah, blah, blah guy on his phone on a train or on a bus or on a plane or anywhere else. It's why if your parents, if they were good parents, taught you to keep your voice down in public unless you were speaking to a group of people who needed to hear your instructions. That's good parenting. And Charles, good for you. Shut the hell up. We're doing a show here. All right, that'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends and then tell two more after that. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. And as Willie Mays once said to say, hey, kid, what a great day to play two baseball games in a day. Thanks for listening, and we will... Wait, was that Ernie Banks who said that? Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.